What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. It's Thursday, December 16th. I'm Oscar Ramirez from the Daily Dive podcast in Los Angeles, and this is Reopening America. Waves of COVID infections continue to cause problems for hospital systems facing staff shortages and that are already full treating people with other ailments. In most cases, those locking up the system are patients who are unvaccinated. And it doesn't stop in just one area. The ripple effects of transferring patients to different locations with space to treat them also puts a strain on hospital workers. Drew Armstrong, senior editor for healthcare at Bloomberg News, joins us for more. Thanks for joining us, Drew. Thank you. Appreciate it. Wanted to talk about some uh, interesting reporting you did. You spent some time with some Kentucky hospitals, just kind of observing how a lot of hospital systems are being pushed to the brink with COVID patients largely driven by people that are unvaccinated. You know, there's a lot of data that shows, you know, in these highly unvaccinated regions, it drives up the capacity of the hospitals. And, you know, we've been following the story of hospital workers and and the hospitals themselves. They're burnt out. They're overcrowded. ICU beds can become a space on ICU beds can become an issue for a lot of people. I think if you don't work in the healthcare area or know somebody or were at the hospital yourself, you don't see a lot of these stories. You don't really hear what's going on there. So, Drew, walk us through uh, what what uh, some of your latest reporting showed. Yeah, I got really interested a couple months ago because I, th- I think we've all heard a lot of stories about, you know, hey, horrible things are happening to these unvaccinated COVID patients. Hospitals are really stressed. But I, w- I was interested in how healthcare works as a system. We took a look at data from every hospital in the country 
And specifically, we're looking at how unvaccinated and vaccinated places in a broader region kind of play off each other and how that flows through a state's healthcare system or a region's hospitals. And we identified Kentucky as the place to do that reporting because they've just been through this massive wave of Delta variant cases. And they have some really, really low vaccinated areas. And then they have places that are a lot, you know, kind of on the high end, places like Lexington, Kentucky, where the University of Kentucky is. And what we found was that when this wave of cases hit the state, it started in these low vaccinated areas, a lot of mountain Appalachia. It filled up the hospitals there and then pushed more and more patients into other hospitals around the state. By the time this wave was a couple weeks old, you essentially had locked up the healthcare system where patients in these smaller hospitals that, you know, they're pretty sophisticated, but they don't take care of the really, really bad stuff. You know, if you have a bad stroke, they can stabilize you, but they're going to send you on to, you know, University of Kentucky Healthcare for neurosurgery. And they couldn't do that because everyone's beds were full. You know, there was no way of moving patients around. And so you had a situation where you had COVID patients who needed more extreme care who were waiting, but you also had patients who had other conditions, heart attacks, strokes, who weren't able to get what they needed. This system of transfers and hospital networks and the way you can kind of move patients around and use hospitals at higher and lower acuity, it all just fell apart in the middle of this wave. And, and there's been a lot of human consequences because of that. Tell me a little bit more about this transfer system, because what I said earlier, you know, a lot of people don't really realize what's going on here unless you're either part of it or had to go through some of it. But what happens when these smaller hospitals get filled up, the rush is on to call other hospitals, see where people can get transferred. And as you mentioned, there's these regional hospitals, they get pushed there, then they get pushed to University of Kentucky for the specialized cases. It's really a very logistical issue that needs to be played out as, as well. Yeah, you know, if you live in a big city, I, I work in New York City, I live in the suburbs, it's easy to take for granted the fact that if something bad happens to you here, God forbid, there's a half dozen major academic medical centers that all operate, you know, the most sophisticated medical care in the world within 20 minutes. I mean, and, and more likely closer than that. If you're in rural Kentucky or a lot of other places in the States, the hospital nearest you is probably not going to be a big, fancy medical center. It may be a one-floor, 10-bed, and they might have an ICU, they might have two doctors, and a critical access hospital. An hour away, there may be a 200-bed regional hospital that can handle a lot, like we said, but not the really, really complex stuff. And then the really, really nasty stuff, you're going to be going to a place like University of Kentucky. They are the biggest transfer center in the country. They have a, a office floor where they essentially have their transfer center. They get around 2,000 calls a month from hospitals around the state and around the region where they are anyway, saying, hey, we have a patient who has a really bad stroke and they're going to need neurosurgery. You know, if we've got them stabilized here. They've been here for an hour. Can you take them in? We have a COVID patient who is in dire straits. They're very young. They might be to make it if you put them on one of your heart-lung bypass machines. Even when COVID is not happening, there's a lot of reliance on being able to move patients around in these systems. You know, Not everybody and, and most people in, in the country don't have the immediate access. The first hospital they go to if they're having a medical emergency, which is typically how a lot of these things happen, is not going to be some big, fancy, highly sophisticated hospital. It may be something that can do a little bit, but not everything. As I mentioned, you spent some time in uh, Kentucky at St. Joseph Hospital. Tell me about how they handled some of their waves of COVID, because they're a pretty big regional area, too, where you know a lot of smaller hospitals will send people there. They had to do something called uh, going in uh, on divert, basically telling 
ambulances don't come here. You know, we don't have enough space. And that's something that they almost never do. I think it only happened twice to them before. And in a span of like two weeks, they had to do it twice there. So these surges, these COVID surges really put the strains on these hospitals. Yeah, I'm glad you brought this up because it gets to what we were just talking about with kind of these systems of moving patients around. A hospital, like you mentioned, if their ER is totally backed up, they will put word out to all the ambulances operating the area, hey, don't bring patients here. Usually, that's not a big deal. Let's say they may do it because, you know, in one case, they had a tornado. Uh, That was one of the times they went and divert in the last 20 years. And that's fine because there might be another hospital 30 minutes away or 15 minutes away and they can send ambulances there. When COVID hit this hospital, they had a situation where they went on divert. It was the third or fourth time in August that they had gone on divert. They were on divert for two hours. They were telling ambulances to go away. And then they they looked around the rest of the region. Every single hospital around them was on divert as well. They said, what are you saying? There's nowhere for these patients to go. We can't be on divert. These people are just going to die in an ambulance. Okay, take us off. Bring them here. We'll do what we can. That's what I mean when I say the health system locks up when, you know, our health system in the U.S. is built for disasters, but it's built for short-term disasters. It's built for a big crash on the interstate, a chemical plant explosion, things that last a day or a week. It's not built for a two-year-long constant state of crisis. Tell me a little bit more about who's winding up in these hospitals, because a lot of time we're hearing about very mild cases of COVID, uh, you know, the Omicron variant. Thankfully, we're you know hearing that there are more milder cases. We'll see what the data bears out on that. But a lot of the, the last surge that we had obviously had to do a lot with the Delta variant. And, you know, we're talking about places that have low vaccination rates, too. So what else do we see in some of these places? You know, higher rates of diabetes, heart disease. So we know that these are the people that are more vulnerable to getting severe illness. But so who is showing up at the hospitals when when these surges are happening? If you look at the demographics of vaccination in in Kentucky, but this is also true of a lot of less vaccinated places in the country, and you kind of drill down on the groups within those places, older people tend to be pretty vaccinated. You know, so if you're looking at a county, let's say with a 50% vaccination rate, that doesn't sound that bad. I mean, let me be clear, it's not great. But when you look at it, more closely, you realize that a lot of that 50% is the older population, which means your younger population is very, very, very unvaccinated. This most recent variant, the Delta variant, and I think we're, you know, remain to be seen what's going to be happening with Omicron, but it's very good at finding unvaccinated people and finding them all at once. At St. Joseph in London, Kentucky, it's about an hour and a half south of Lexington. You heard a lot of stories about whole families that would be sick at the same time and with multiple family members in the hospital. They told me a story about a grandmother, a mother, and a son who were all hospitalized at the same time. And not all of those people live. I mean, that is not an uncommon thing to have happen down there because this is a virus that spreads within households most effectively. And, you know, it's a lot of people who are all going to get sick at the same time. The patients that they have seen most recently in this wave Earlier on, a year ago, they were old and frail people. Now they are younger and relatively healthy people. You know, everyone said, these are the folks you're going to see walking around right. the Walmart or in the Kroger or something like that. They are not sick, you know, old people who were vulnerable to any kind of illness that would strike them. In your time there uh, observing these hospitals as well, tell me about the human element, because this is an important part. Doctors and nurses are burnt out, experiencing burnout. And and one of the interesting Things. One of the physicians you spoke to said that that she feels like a failure sometimes 
because they think vaccines are the answers, but people don't want to listen to them. And there was a recent Gallup survey that said, you know, people are losing trust in their doctors. Small percentage, but it, that that was the trend. And, uh, you know, here they are fighting every day. You know, it's tough to get those messages across. How do they feel about it all? I think that burnout doesn't even get close to describing it. I met with people at a hospital called St. Clair Regional Medical Center. They were in a truly horrific situation. And almost everybody I talked to seems to have some level of significant PTSD. I had conversations with people who said that they put somebody in a body bag every single day for two months that they worked. People who would come home from work and working a nursing shift in the hospital and be unable to hug their daughter because they felt so emotionally disconnected from the world. A lot of people cried to me when we had this conversation. These conversations, I cried, which is not something I do. I've seen a lot as a reporter. And they have been through things and seen an amount of death that I think is going to be profoundly important for whether or not these people stay in the healthcare workforce in the coming years. They are traumatized and frustrated, and they have poured their hearts and their bodies into trying to save these people, and they have just watched too many of them die. And they also feel like nobody outside the hospital walls has a good sense of what has been happening inside the hospital. You know, and that's exactly why I I like to highlight these stories. It's tough to see what's going on in these areas in in a point where everybody has COVID fatigue right now, right? There's a lot of regulations. We're just on lockdown, all this other stuff. People are ready to move on. And these are the true things that are still happening behind the walls. As I mentioned, if you're not going through it or part of it or know somebody in it, you're not hearing a lot of these stories. So there's a lot of uh, really great details in Drew's piece. I suggest everybody go out and read it. Drew Armstrong, Senior Editor for Healthcare at Bloomberg News. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. I'm Oscar Ramirez, and this has been Reopening America. Don't forget that for today's big news stories, you can check me out on the Daily Dive podcast every Monday through Friday. So follow us on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcast. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com, that's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.
Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.